We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, Slate listeners. I'm Christina Cotarucci, the host of Slow Burn, Gaze Against Briggs. I want to tell you about a special event we're doing at the Tribeca Film Festival in New York City on June 13th. To celebrate this new season of Slow Burn and Pride Month, we're hosting an exclusive live taping of the show with special guests, including civil rights activist and Black Lives Matter organizer DeRay McKesson, comedian and singer Esther Fallick, Eric Marcus, the host of Making Gay History, and Sam Fader, director of the Netflix documentary Disclosure, about the depiction of trans people in film and television. We'll dive deeper into this season and talk about the lasting impact of the Briggs Initiative and the continued fight over LGBTQ rights in schools. It'll be the perfect way to celebrate Pride Month this June with LGBTQ stories and voices across generations. Again, that's June 13th at the Tribeca Film Festival in New York. You can get tickets now at TribecaFilm.com slash slowburn. Hope to see you there. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, welcome back to the Dear Prudence podcast. This is Mallory, otherwise known as Dear Prudence. And this week we've got Jasmine Guillory with us in the studio. So please set your excitement levels to high. Um, I, I obviously just arrived here at the studio. Not obviously, you didn't know that. Um, but I, I wanted to see if there's anyone else out there who does something that I do, which is I feel that I have the opposite of road rage. As soon as I get behind the wheel of a car, I get aggressively chill. Like, the more upset people around me get, the more I'm determined, like, the eternal middle child to just, like, help everyone get along and remind ourselves that it's not that bad and we're all going to get where we're going. Um, I'm like the Jack Johnson of people driving. Jack Johnson, the singer, not the boxer, obviously. The guy who's always, like, playing the guitar when you walk into a Hollister store. Slow down, everyone, you're moving too fast. 
this morning as I was driving here, I got really suavely cut off. I, I don't know if you've ever been in a sort of zipper merge that's very slow, but like very clearly delineated. This car goes, then this car goes. And this guy just sort of zoomed in ahead of me. And we locked eyes and we both had our windows rolled down. And all I could do was make direct eye contact and say, point taken. And he just sort of started laughing at me and then continued to drive away. Um, and it was just a sort of wonderfully unnecessary interaction I had with another human being. Um, but I, I did. I almost admired it. Like, it was a very egregious violation of the zipper merge. But what can you do except for, like, suggestion noted? Because sometimes people are determined to zip ahead of you. And um, getting mad makes me feel like I have ceded my personal control to someone else. And I don't like that feeling. So I generally tend to go really weirdly old time. Like, and a tip of the cap to you, sir. Which is not how I sound in real life at all. Anyways, don't get mad when you're driving is the moral of this story. So on the subject of reader feedback, I've been getting a lot of responses over the last week to a letter that ran in the column earlier uh, about a woman who gave away her mother's dog while her mother was having surgery. And this will shock none of you to know that I would like to reiterate that I stand by my original position. I cede no ground to any of you. I disagree not a whit with what I said to begin with, which is that you should not give away someone else's dog. Um, there were a lot of people kind of sympathizing with a letter writer who absolutely had been going through a lot. Her her grandmother had recently died. Her mother had been in surgery. They had a very contentious relationship, and it sounds like her mother had been a very um, painful presence in her life for a very long time. And I don't mean to suggest that she should have just kept the dog in her house while it was harassing her other dog. But I'm going to go ahead and continue to make the ruling that you cannot give away other people's dogs without checking in. You can call them and say, hey, this isn't working. I'm going to find a temporary place for the dog to go elsewhere. Or you can say, you need to make other arrangements. I can no longer care for your dog. But no matter how much a jerk your mom is, and no matter how much you don't like her, and no matter how much you would like to not be connected with her, if you agree to look after her dog, you don't get to give it away. So the guest in our studio today is uh, Jasmine Guillory, who is a good friend of mine. She is a lawyer and a writer who lives in the Bay Area, as do I. I live in the Bay Area. I do not also law. I am not a lawyer. Um, but she is my friend, and she is here to talk about things with me and to fight with me, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Hi, Jasmine. Hi, Mallory. I am also really looking forward to it, but I, at this point, will not fight with you yet because I totally agree with you that you should not give away someone else's dog. I felt like that was kind of a slam dunk. Yeah. I was actually a little surprised to get any pushback uh, on that front at all. There um, are so many other solutions to a difficult dog problem than giving away a stranger, a stranger's dog, your mother's dog, nobody's dog should you give away. I just, like, when you have to say the sentence, so I gave away her dog. No. 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 What can you add to that no. sentence that makes it that makes it okay? No, none of that's okay. You got to double check. Mm -hmm. You got to double That's what the villain does in, like... A movie like Homeward Bound. Yeah. Even in Homeward Bound, I think it was an accident. I mean, they gave away the dogs to live in the woods because they didn't think they could live in this. I just saw Homeward Bound again. Um, I don't know. Again? How many times have you seen it? I mean, it came out in like 1993. It was uh, like prime animal movie watching time for me. Right. And, you All know, right. Michael J. Fox was like a scrappy 
mutt who didn't trust anyone. And I want to say Jack Palance voiced the older dog, but I know that that's not true. Um, somebody like him. Somebody like yeah. Jack Palance. I also am just thinking of Jack Palance because I just watched City Slickers, uh, which is another movie that really holds up. It does hold up. That's it's true. such a good movie. Yeah, yeah. It's such a good movie. And it's such a wonderful movie because it has two characters in it who are essentially Ben and Jerry. And that's such a specific thing to make fun of. That is true. It's like, what if Ben and Jerry were on a, like, trail ride with you and they were really irritating about ice cream? Yeah. I mean, that's basically the movie. That's the point yeah, of the entire yeah. movie. Um, anyways, yes. City Slickers is good. Jasmine is good. The two of us have not fought yet, but we plan on it. Um Probably not about dogs, though. We've never really fought about anything yet, so we're about to get started. Ooh, and I'm really excited because we have your expert legal mind, which means you can say things like, as a lawyer. Oh, yeah, I'll try to work that in. Please do. Please give a lot of unnecessary legal advice (laughs) and just tell people, like, what they can and can't do. I'm going to try to avoid getting disbarred, but I'll I'll work on it. A laudable goal and one that I support wholeheartedly. Cool. Let's do this. I feel like the theme of a lot of the letters this week are people having a difficult time getting along with their sisters. Yes. And both of us have sisters. We do. So, again, expert, expert yeah. advice here. Neither of us have ever experienced conflict in our own personal lives, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, you know, we were just talking about dogs. Yeah. Um, let's so let's adjudicate the issue of cats. Jasmine, do you want to read this one? Sure. Um, the subject, cat is driving a rift between us. I live with my sister along with my cat and her dog. Lately, we've been having arguments about my cat. I adopted him a couple of years ago. Although I hadn't planned on planned to let him outside at all, once spring began, he would sit by the door yowling constantly and trying to run out when we opened the door. After a couple of months of trying and failing to keep him inside, we gave up, and now he goes outside every day when the weather is nice. <clears throat> the issue we have now is that it turns out he's a very efficient hunter, and we regularly see him eating animals. I don't love this, but he's a cat doing cat things, and I treat him for worms, etc., so I don't think it's a big issue. My sister, on the other hand, is driven to tears by the idea and frequently yells at me when she sees or hears him at it. She says, I have two options. Keep him indoors, which I don't think we could do. We tried it first, and he kept escaping. Or put a bell on his collar so he can't catch as many animals. I really don't want a bell on his collar. I know from experience that the noise drives me insane and keeps me up all night. My sister is a very heavy sleeper, so she doesn't care about the noise. I think she's being unfair. I don't tell her what to do with her dog, even when he's behaving badly. She says I'm heartless and that I should stop him from hunting at any cost because it's cruel. Am I being unreasonable? I know this is a stupid issue, but we've been fighting about it a lot lately. That's that's a lot. That is a lot. It's heartless versus, well, I hate your dog, but I haven't been saying anything about it. Yeah, Which is... You know, uh, rough. All right, uh, take us, get us started. Take us away. What I mean, do you my think? My first question for this one is really like, do you need to keep living with your sister? <laughs> because it seems like there's some conflict there. It seems maybe you and your sister would just be happier if you lived in different places, and she didn't see your cat hunting all the time. Mm-hmm. That would solve their problem. Yeah, as far I mean, as sometimes concerned. you know. Living situations are complicated, right? Sure. And you can't always just move out. But, I mean, it seems sure. like that could help solve the problem. There also was not even, usually in a letter like this, there'll be something like, I live with my sister and everything's great except for one problem. Yeah. And this was just, I live with my sister, here's my problem. And we've been we've been fighting about it a lot recently. Right, right. Maybe just 
you don't have to deal with the fighting anymore and don't live with your sister anymore. Okay. So on the one hand, we have just move out, um, which you could do. Yeah. You could definitely do. Like maybe the two of you are not compatible roommates. Um, I'm not seeing anything in this letter that suggests otherwise things are fantastic and we have regular, I don't know, barn dances. Um, and we just love the heck out of living together. Um, so you could move out and your cat could kill as many animals as it wants. All the time. Um, I feel like, was there not just an article a year or two ago about like a massive study where scientists just put a lot of what were essentially little GoPros on cats' collars? Yes, and they kill a lot of birds, right? Yes, like beautiful songbirds, yes. which we already don't have enough it's of. Very, it, and I will state for the record. State it. That I am not really a cat person. You vicious monster. And I also don't like birds. However, wow. so you're just against <laughs> However, I will say that I'm sort of on the side of more animals living than dying, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if cats are outside killing a lot of birds, maybe try to stop them from doing that. Like it's even though I don't want a bird around me, I don't want it I don't want them to die. Right. So I feel like it's better for the environment to keep the cat from killing things. Um maybe also the bell on the collar keeps her from sleeping. Maybe she could take the collar off when she's asleep. Yeah, I, that seems like a not hideously unreasonable compromise, which is like one time a day, take a bell off of a cat. Yeah. I don't know how difficult this is. I don't know is. how difficult that cat is either. Again. Like if it were my cat who often enjoys hanging out on the couch near me, like I could pretty easily reach over and unclip a bell from him. But if you have the sort of cat who's very like, I walk alone. Yeah. Don't touch me. Um, that could be like super challenging that you're chasing your cat down at the end of every evening. Like, I need to sleep. Um, maybe you, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like you could put a little velvet clapper on the bell oh, and yeah. like muffle yeah. it at night. That seems extreme. That seems even harder. I feel like we're both acknowledging this cat's not going to go back to being an indoor cat. Mm, I mean, if it's upset, it's yowling. Like, I don't know. Again, I'm not a cat person. So are there like cat trainers out there that can help the cat stay inside? More? There is. I don't know. A man named Jackson Galaxy, who hosts one of the greatest television shows of all time, My Cat from Hell. Mm. He looks like Guy Fieri's friendlier twin, and he carries an electric guitar case that he fills with cat treats, and he goes to people's houses and say things like, you need to make eye contact with your cat and establish yourself as a calming presence in the house, and then you need to determine whether or not your cat is a tree dweller or a cave dweller. Um, he's amazing, and I love his show. Well, okay, so she could watch his show. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I, I, I think, right, trying to keep the cat inside, it seems like they've tried that, and the cat escapes, which you don't want, like, a constantly escaping cat. That right, seems like, like it would add a lot of anxiety to your A cat life. that is unhappy being an indoor cat, that's that's not great. That's not great. Um, but I, I also think it's... I can see both points. I think, on the one hand, it is a little absurd to not mind watching your cat eat kibble, which is made of dead animals, uh, versus watching it kill a bird, which is a dead animal. I mean, I I understand it's the difference between eating all of your meals in a butcher shop or a slaughterhouse, um, which I wouldn't necessarily want to do either. Um, But but I also do think... you know, nature red in tooth and claw. Yeah. It's all bad out there. It's all bad out there. Um, but animals it, kill each other all the time. They really do. They really do. Your cat would eat your face if you died in your apartment. Yeah, that's and why I don't like cats. Well, yeah, because, like, I would never eat your face. Yeah, see? There um, you go. Unless it's absolutely necessary. And I want you to know I would save your face for last. Thank you. I appreciate that. I just... I don't that's know why it's like good. Actually, that's <laughs> like maybe it would be better to eat your face first. I didn't have to like look at your face every time I. 
I'm not going to eat you. All right. Let's, I guess is let's what I'm stop trying to say. Cannibalism yes. is bad. Yes. So, okay. Um, cat's not going to come back inside the house. Um, it does not seem unreasonable to me to get a bell um, and to leave it on the cat during the day. No. And when you that retire seems- at night, take the bell off. Or just take the whole collar off at night. Take the whole that, collar off as then, long as you know that it's going to be indoors all right. night. Yeah. Um, because it is good not to murder all the songbirds in your yeah. neighborhood. Like, there's no need for your cat to be hunting all these animals because it has plenty of food. So, you know, why not try to limit the number of animals that it kills? But, yeah, your sister should also relax her, her freaked outedness about this by, what do you think, 45%? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. That seems like a a... a, a reasonable amount to to calm down about it um yeah and then you should move out like you should be you should both try to compromise but then you should also probably look for a roommate because like you apparently hate her dog yeah um her dog doesn't behave well and you know she thinks you're heartless and you think she's unfair and it doesn't sound like either one of you is kind of those aren't good words yeah neither of you is kind of trying to give the other the benefit of the doubt yeah it might be better for your sisterly relationship to yep. not live together anymore. Yeah, because, you know, that last line, I know this is a stupid issue, but we've been fighting about it a lot lately. Like, welcome to having a sibling. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's hard to live together with a sibling, someone you know so well who can drive you up the wall. And even if you know something is stupid, you can't stop yourself from being like, well, remember when I was eight and you made me do that thing that I thought was really stupid? Um, and Yeah. Yeah. There's just, life doesn't have to be this Life hard. doesn't have to be that hard. There we go. Cool. Okay. Hi, Prudence. My name is Kate, and I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm currently a senior in high school, and I'm about to graduate and go to a very good college. It's actually one of the top colleges that offers the major of my choice. However, the only reason I'm really going to this college in particular is because I had a really bad nervous breakdown my sophomore year of high school, and this college is 20 miles away, and it's the only one my parents are comfortable sending me. While I understand where they're coming from, I can't help but feel a little resentful at the same time, especially now that my my younger sister, she's a sophomore, has begun to do SAT prep. My parents have been talking about taking her to tour Smith, Amherst, Yale, Brown, Harvard, all the schools I looked at and that they wanted me to go to until I had my breakdown. Prudent. While I love my sister, she is not – I worry about her. I worry that my parents are going to put all this pressure on her that they put on me, which I think contributed to my breakdown. Um, Do you think it's okay to resent them? Do you think it's okay to feel mad and sad and disappointed in myself and in them? Kate, I just wanted to say, first of all, I'm so glad that you called us. And we were both just staring at each other while your voicemail was playing. And we just wish we could give you a hug oh, and yeah. take you we to the woods. We want to like, take you out to ice cream and give you a big hug. Just look at a tree and relax. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you, your sis- do you and your sister usually get along? We um, trust each other a lot. She confides in me and I in her. And while we have different interests and different kind of social experience, we talk to each other a lot and generally get along. I mean, of course, we disagree at yeah, the hour because we're teenagers, but uh, generally, generally, we're all good. So we ended up talking to Kate for quite a while, and you can hear the rest of our conversation by subscribing to Slate Plus. Five bucks a month or 50 bucks a year gets you access to all of Slate's podcasts, plus tons of members-only features. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, 
Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Oh, Jasmine, thank you for showing up and giving us a lot of legal advice. Thank you. It was my pleasure. If you I don't had, think I gave any legal advice. Actually, now that FYI. I say that, you gave no legal good, advice, good. just child of therapists advice. Yeah. Um, so what is a piece of legal advice you'd like to give everyone listening right now? Um, I would say that everyone should not do anything on your work email account that you don't want your employers to know about. <sighs> That's more employment advice, but I would say that it's a little bit of legal advice, too. How can we do that retroactively? Yes, well, Mm. it's not really possible. Okay, fair enough. Thank you, Jasmine. My pleasure. So one thing that I'm really excited to talk about this week, which is that uh, finally they have released half an hour's worth of footage from the famous lost film by Jerry Lewis, The Day the Clown Cried, um, which anybody who is even nominally familiar with sort of legendary lost films of the 20th century knows that in the 1970s, Jerry Lewis of Jerry Lewis decided that he was going to make a Holocaust movie about a sad clown. Um, And... Not unshockingly, uh, when he finished it, realized it was so bad that if anyone else ever saw it, um, he would be ruined. So he supposedly had almost every copy destroyed and is like the only person who's ever seen it. And today they found or, or, or were able to cobble together about a half an hour's worth of footage from the film. And uh, it's available and I have it queued up. And the second I leave the studio, I'm going to watch it. Um, I mean, this is like, people talk about this. Like, this is the Jerry Lewis Holocaust clown film. This is it when it comes to movies that should never have seen the light of day. So if you are at all the kind of person who really enjoys not just bad movies, not just midnight movies, but movies that are so bad, they turned into the deplorable word that destroyed Charn in The Magician's Nephew. Um, this is a half hour's worth of movie for you. This is like if if Dean Jones had decided to make a sequel to The Love Bug that was also about Pol Pot. It's just astonishing. And I also don't think that metaphor really works. I apologize to you for making it. Thanks for listening to Dear Prudence. Our producer is Casey Miner. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of Slate Podcasts, and Andy Bowers is the chief content officer of Panoply. And remember, you can hear longer, extra special bonus episodes of Dear Prudence by joining Slate Plus. Go to slate.com plus to sign up. Want us to answer your question? Call and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 401-371-3327. And you may hear your answer on an episode of the show. You may not, because life is full of vicissitudes. You don't have to use your real name or location, and at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. 
If you want, you can also re- record your question using the Voice Memo app or equivalent on your phone. Keep it short, 30 seconds, a minute, tops, I got stuff to do. Send it to me at prudence at slate.com. Consciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.